This is in so Rehoboam, after the death of Solomon, he went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone to Shechem to make him king. And so it happened when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, heard it, he was still in Egypt, for he had fled from the presence of King Solomon and had been dwelling in Egypt. Every creature's unique in a song that it sings, all exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing, God. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. All of Israel was headed to Shechem to see Rehoboam be anointed king, which was the logical continuation of the Devonic dynasty. Solomon succeeded David, and now Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, was assumed to be the next king. Rehoboam was the only son of Solomon that we know by name. Solomon had a thousand wives and concubines, yet we read of only one son he had to bear up his name, and he was a fool. This demonstrates that sin will never be a good foundation in the building of a family. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he begins chapter 12 in the book of 1 Kings. Let's open our Bibles tonight to 1 Kings. We're going to look at chapter 12 tonight. But just wanted to kind of recap a little bit of what happened in chapter 11. Chapter 11 is one of the most heartbreaking chapters, I think, in, since we've been in Samuel, one of them anyway, and... Um, we know that in chapter 11, Solomon was at the height of his popularity, at the height of his fame, and began to go down. And remember, we likened uh, Solomon's life to the, the form of a story plot, where we have an, an introduction, and then, you know, rising action. It's, it's sort of like a, a story plot, and then there's a, there's a climax of the character's life, and then it's just falling action, and then finally the conclusion and uh, the week before last was really Solomon's high point. Uh, chapter 10 was really just an expression of Solomon's great wealth and his great fame. And then he was at the pinnacle of his uh, ministry, of his reign at that time. And he was somewhat 20 years into the ministry. Because remember, it took him seven years uh, to build the temple of God and then 13 years to build his own palace, and then the palatial complex all around. And so 20 years he was in building, and of course, during that time he was putting to work the children of Israel during that time as well. But it was in chapter 11 where we really saw Solomon, really his, his reign and his character start to uh, diminish. And you remember that he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. He had a 1,000 women in his life. And God had warned him over and over again that his wives would take away his heart. Um, in fact, back in the, in the law, back in Deuteronomy, remember, we looked at that. One of the things that God told uh, the kings 
or told Israel that God would raise up a king for them, but there were certain things that that king wasn't supposed to do. And one of them was to amass wives unto himself, because it was very popular in the Orient at that time to have a harem. And, um, and Solomon had quite a big harem. It took up a city block, I think. And, uh, and so it was not a really good thing. God had forewarned him of that. And he allowed him to do that. It wasn't his perfect will. We know that from the very beginning, even Jesus said this, that it's good for one man to be with one woman. God made a man and a woman, and they too shall become one. Not 1,000 shall be one with Solomon. No, one to one. And why Solomon went this direction is really unfortunate. And But it was one of his downfalls. And in addition to... Uh, going against God's commandment and having the multiple wives, he also went against the Lord in amassing horses and chariots, which the kings of Israel were not to do. And the simple reason being, once a man has a fleet of horses at his disposal as a king, he's going to rely on the strength of those chariots and those horses. And it's not; it's only a matter of time before his devotion, his, his uh, assurance and confidence in God to help him. Now he becomes high and mighty himself, and now he can take care of his own battles. Don't need you anymore. Thank you very much. And that doesn't that happen? That, that's the unfortunate state of man. It's certainly the way fallen man always usually goes, but it's, it can be even the fate of a man who loves the Lord if he's not careful, if he's not walking in the Spirit, if he's not walking and being true to God he can go down too. And we see men all around us and women falling into you know, uh, really awful things and awful sin things. And their lives, their careers, their families, their marriages just being destroyed because of carelessness and sin that they unrepentant of. And so you know, these things do happen and it's really unfortunate to see. And Solomon was that way. And on top of that, his wives turned away his turned away his heart by allowing them to build houses or, or, or shrines or high places, worship centers to their respective gods. And you imagine you have a thousand wives and all the countries that those wives represent, there was probably, it was like, um, uh, my hunch is it was like the you know Baskin Robbins you know fifty two flavors or whatever it is or you know uh, IHOP International House of Pancakes you know all the flags everything was represented hey we're worshiping everything that goes you know and that's the way it was with Solomon and God at that point was not pleased with them it even said that God became angry with Solomon. And, um, and he told him, and he commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods. And God said to him in verse 11 of chapter 11, he says, Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, Because you have done this, and have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. Nevertheless, I will do it not in your days for the sake of your father David." But I will tear it out of, your, out of the hand of your son, who we now know as Rehoboam. However, I will not tear away the whole kingdom. I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. And it wasn't long after that that God rose up adversaries for Solomon. 
There was some men, uh, a man down in Edom, and there was also one up near Damascus. And, and, and those two areas really um, formed the north, or the north and the south uh, boundaries of Israel. So God had raised up these adversaries. They never attacked Solomon uh, during his life, but they were more like gnats around your face. They were just an annoyance, and there was a threat of something, but it never came to pass because God was going to honor the covenant that he made with um, Solomon's father, David. And he was going to give him peace in that 40 years. And God held true to his end of the deal, even though Solomon did not follow through on his end of the deal. Even though God had warned him and warned him and warned him. And so Solomon finds himself in a really um, unusual place. Things are starting to diminish. And then remember, as a result of all of his um, all of his merchandise and all of the business, remember, that Solomon was doing. We looked at that in chapter 10. He was a very busy, industrious man. He had things going all over the place, imports and exports, and everything was happening. He had many people involved in this, many servants that he was employing. And some of them, you know, um, they were slaves. And, and they did his his work for all of those things. And he had put a gentleman by the name of Jeroboam, who was the son of Nebat. He was an Ephraimite, uh, which is Ephraim, remember, is the tribe, one of the sons of Joseph. There was Ephraim and Manasseh. Well, Ephraim is one of the biggest tribes in the northern kingdom and has always been. And in fact, in the scriptures, you'll often find that when the Bible speaks, especially in the prophets, you'll find when it speaks of Ephraim, It'll, it'll, it'll call the northern ten tribes Ephraim, or it might call it Israel. And usually the, northern, or the southern two tribes, uh, which it says one tribe here, but Judah and Benjamin were so close to one another, they, they just kind of all were called Judah, even though they were two separate tribes. And we'll see that tonight as well. And so um, this gentleman, uh, Jeroboam, uh, Solomon, had set over all of these labor workers that Solomon had going for him. And then finally one day, you remember, uh, he was out in the, he was leaving Jerusalem, and Ahijah the prophet met him in the way, and he had a, a, a cloak of ten uh, different, uh, he had a cloak on, a new cloak, and he tore it in twelve pieces, and he gave ten to Jeroboam, uh, signifying what God was going to do. And God told Ahijah the prophet to do that, just foreshadowing what was going to be happening in, in the lives of the Israelites and that Jeroboam would ultimately be the, the king over those northern ten tribes. And once Solomon heard about that, once Solomon heard that, even though it wasn't really his fault, I mean, here he is just walking along and this prophet comes up to him and God says, this is what I'm going to do. Once Solomon heard about that, he wanted to kill Jeroboam. Because Solomon, in his own heart, I believe, he knew he was, he was in sin. He knew it. His, diminish, his kingdom was diminishing. And now he sees the servant who he gave the authority. And what a great job it was. He gave him this authority over these uh, labor workers. And now he, from Solomon's perspective, is double-crossed by this man. So what does Jeroboam do? He flees to Egypt. And there, Shishak, uh, Shishak, king of Egypt, takes him in until Solomon dies. And that's really what happens. And so Solomon reigned for 40 years, and then he finally rested, and Rehoboam, his son, became his, uh, uh, succeeded him on the throne. And so let's read just the first 24 verses 
of chapter 12, and then we'll go back. And so let's take a look. It says, And so Rehoboam, after the death of Solomon, he went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone to Shechem to make him king. And so it happened when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, heard it, he was still in Egypt, for he had fled from the presence of King Solomon and had been dwelling in Egypt, that they sent and they called him. And then Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now, therefore, lighten the burdensome service of your father and his heavy yoke, which he put on us, and we will serve you. And so he said to them, Depart for three days, and then come back to me. And the people departed. And then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who stood before his father Solomon while he still lived. And he said, How do you advise me to answer this people? And they spoke to him, saying, If you will be a servant to these people today and serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. But he rejected the advice of the, which the elders had given him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him, who had stood, with, uh, stood before him. And he said to them, What advice do you give? How should we answer this people whom have spoken to me, saying, Lighten the yoke which your father put on us? And then the young men who had grown up with him spoke to him, saying, Thus shall you speak to those people who have spoken to you, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you make it lighter on us. Thus shall you say to them, My little fingers shall be thicker than my father's waist. And now, whereas my father put a yoke, a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. And my father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges or scorpions. And so Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day, as the king had directed, saying, Come back to me the third day. Then the king answered the people roughly, and he rejected the advice which the elders had given him, and he spoke to them according to the advice of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges. And so the king did not listen to the people, for the turn of events, notice, was from the Lord, that he might fulfill his word, which the Lord had spoken by Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. Now when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king, saying, What share have we in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel. Now see to your own house, O David. And so Israel departed to their tents. But Rehoboam reigned over the children of Israel who dwelt in the cities of Judah. And then King Rehoboam sent Adoram, who was in charge of the revenue, but all Israel stoned him with stones, and he died. Therefore King Rehoboam mounted his chariot in haste to flee to Jerusalem. And so Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. Now it came to pass, when all Israel heard that Jeroboam had come back, that they sent for him and called him to the congregation, and they made him king over all Israel." And there was none who followed the house of David, but the tribe of Judah only. And when Rehoboam came to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah with the tribe of Benjamin. Notice, there they are. So it's not just Judah alone, it's Judah and Benjamin. 180,000 chosen men who were warriors to fight against the house of Israel. 
that he might restore the kingdom to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. But the word of God came to Shemaiah, the, the man of God, saying, Speak to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, to all the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, saying, Thus says the Lord, You shall not go up nor fight against your brethren, the children of Israel. Let every man return to his house, for this thing is from me. And therefore they obeyed the word of the Lord, and they turned back according to the word of the Lord. And I love that, that the fact that God would speak to him, and, um, and, and they listened. You know, it's, it's always good to listen to God. It's more important to obey God after you've listened. <laughs> and so whenever we hear God speaking to us, obey him. Whenever you read something, obey him. When it speaks about things, take it to heart. Don't just think that it's for somebody else. God has you reading in the Word of God where he has you reading, and read it as, a, as it's, and let it affect us. Let it affect us, because if this Word of God, if it only is just words to us, then we're missing something. Now, are there times that you're going to be reading through a genealogy and it's not going to really speak to you, and then you've got to go to work? Yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> but you know what? You don't give up. You keep reading. And you keep reading, and God will begin to speak to you. He'll show you things. Pray before you read. Say, Lord, show me something out of your word today. But that's what, finally, we see you know, uh, Rehoboam uh, doing that very thing, obeying God. Now, you might want to write in your Bibles, in the margin somewhere, uh, at near the beginning, because Second Chronicles chapter 10 through chapter 11, verse 4, are really a parallel account to this. In fact, 1 Kings and 2 Kings and 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles, there's a lot of parallel accounts. Sometimes one set of uh, uh, you know, chronicles or kings will give a little bit more information about the very same event. And so it's good as we read through this tonight, go and read 2 Chronicles chapter 10 through 11, verse 4, and, and then reread what we have here. And in this case, there's really not a whole lot of difference, but in other chapters, there is some, some nuances that you pick up in those other things, in those other chapters. And so, as we go back to verse 1 here, there's a lot to talk about tonight, because I'm really looking forward to getting the last part of this chapter, because it speaks about Jeroboam's golden calves. <laughs> so that's going to be an interesting uh, part of this uh, reading tonight. But notice back in 1 that Rehoboam went to Shechem, and, and this Shechem is, if you were to look at Israel and you had the Sea of Galilee up here in the north, and then the Dead Sea down here in the south, somewhere between the middle, right in the middle really, and then going over to the west across the mountain range, uh, several miles over, you'll find a little town of Shechem. And this town ought to ring a bell with you because it was one of the very first places that the first place that God appeared to Abraham uh, and promised him all the land of Canaan in Genesis chapter 12. It's also a place where Jacob had settled. And it's also a place where Joseph, uh, one of the 12 sons from, uh, of Jacob, was buried there as well after the children of Israel came back into uh, Canaan from Egypt. They buried his bones there. And it's also a place in Joshua 24 where it records for us that when they came into the promised land after being in the desert for 40 years, they, they made a stop at Mount Ebal and Mount uh, Gerizim, and that's where they dedicated themselves to keep the Mosaic Law. 
So it's this very same place now that, um, where it says that Rehoboam went to Shechem and all of Israel went there to coronate him. And, uh, and so it happened when Jeroboam heard of it, you know, he was still in Egypt. And we remember that Jeroboam had fled to Egypt. Uh, we saw that back in uh, chapter 11. And, um, and God had um, told Jeroboam that he was going to ultimately be king over those ten tribes in the north. And so, obviously, Solomon hated him. So, we go on there and look down at verse 6 with me, since we have already read it. It says that King Rehoboam, notice, consulted the elders. He consulted the elders that had, had been serving his father, David, I'm sorry, that has been serving his father Solomon, excuse me. And, and notice what he asked them. He says, how do you advise me to answer these people? Because the people, you know, wanted the, the work to be lessened. They wanted less work. And they'd been working very hard. And it was probably a good idea that Rehoboam would have given them a break of some kind. But instead of giving them the break, he added more to their, to their labor but notice it's good that he consulted the elders. It was a good first move. You know, in Proverbs chapter 11, what does it tell us? Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is what? There's safety, right? Remember that. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So invoking these men, these elders, was a really good thing. It was a really good thing that he did. <laughs> and... Um, And they spoke to him, and notice what they said, verse 7, if you will be a servant, if you will be a servant, notice that what they are encouraging him to do, to be a servant. Yes, he's the king, and unfortunately, many kings are the king of the hill, and they they, want to be the one that's served, not the one that serves, but God has set forth this example for us that you know, that we should serve. If we want to be great in God's kingdom, we need to be willing to serve. And this word servant here in verse 7 literally means a bondman or a bond servant, a similar to a, what we would call in the New Testament a doulos, a bond servant. When Paul would say, Paul the apostle, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, it's a similar term, but in Hebrew. Okay? So the, the older, the elders, they tell him, if you want to be a servant, to these people today and serve them, and you answer them and speak good words to them, then they're going to be your servants forever, Rehoboam. And Solomon's father, David, was such a man, wasn't he? We know that David was a servant. Solomon's father, Rehoboam's grandfather, was a servant. He was willing to do anything. He was the one who watched the sheep when all of his older brothers didn't want to do it. The youngest, the most insignificant, the eighth of Jesse. He was the one who served, and he would do anything. But I love what it says in Matthew chapter 20. Remember, Jesus called uh, his disciples to himself, and he said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whosoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. 
just as the Son. Notice the, the comparison here. It's comparison, comparing Jesus, which is always a good thing for us to do. You know, one of the places where we get stuck as Christians is we, we begin to compare ourselves with one another. You begin to do that, and there's going to be no end of your comparison. And it's not going to be fair. It's not going to be just. It's not going to be right. And you're going to be miserable. Because someone's always going to be better than you, and you're, you're going to feel like you're better than somebody else. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585 586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.